Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 193 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined on this very early Easter morning by my good co-host and friend, Ray. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. I am entering week two of my two-week spring break, which I have never had before and I'm exceedingly excited about. Oh, I didn't know your spring break was going to be two weeks. Yeah, we have three weeks for Christmas and two weeks for uh, spring break, simply because at some point the... um, uh, the district was like some of the schools were on year round and some of them weren't. And when they kind of all decided to go onto the same calendar, that was like the, the compromise. Okay. So this means that you're starting in class next week then. Yeah. Well, yes. And I'm not, I'm not going to be in class until the the 21st, my first day back that I have to be on campus myself, but I'll still be teaching mm-hmm. remotely. And then on the 26th, the kids come back and I think I'm going to have like five kids in a class. Like I really don't think there's going to be that many kids coming back. Oh, okay. Do they have the option? Yeah. I know at least 40% of my kids have already taken the, I'm not going to be um, in person this year option. And on the 26th, we're only starting with seniors. And then like half a week later, we're adding sophomores and juniors. And I think we're finishing up with freshmen. So it's like a two week rollout. Okay, cool. So that's going to be interesting. That's going to mean you're going to be basically still giving the online lessons, but some students are going to be on their laptops in person. Yeah, I mean, they've they've given us the option of doing um, asynchronous work for all the kids that aren't coming in. But I don't see the point of doing asynchronous work for the majority of the class when I'm only going to have a small percentage of the class in person with me. Right. So, especially since it's theater, this is, I mean, it would be different. It was math or English or science, but it's, it's theater. And I, I'm not trying to like degrade my own, uh, my own subject, but um, I definitely understand that my should be, mine should be a fun elective. It should not be like something that, you know, they're just dreading. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I, I don't remember if I said this last week, but, um, our principal has a friend whose uh, student just went to, has been in kindergarten because I think the kindergartners are in, in Riverside have gone back early and their teacher was sending home all these like coloring things and like paint by number, like just fun, fun little projects and stuff. And then she sent a note home with it and said, Hey, you may see a lot of these like art pieces with the kids. Um, right, right. And, and that's fine because they have two months to be kindergartners. So we're just going right, to do the right. fun parts of being kindergartners. So I'm going to try and just do the fun parts of being theater students. Well, hats off to you and all other teachers for figuring that all, figuring all that out. Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a lot to juggle. We'll, we'll make it work. We'll make it work. And it'll be, yeah. it'll be an awkward couple of weeks, but we've only got about a month and a half. I think I've got seven weeks left. I can, I can do anything for seven weeks. So how are you spending this like extended spring break in terms of uh, like your geek interests? Are you getting to, is this the calm before the storm? This is the calm before the storm. I mean, I have been doing a lot of editing. I'm trying to get ahead of um, my editing for as the dice roll, because we're going to, (laughs) because I can't, I just, I can't, 
I can't make life simple for myself, right? <laughs> um, we're going from four episodes a month to six episodes a month because we have so many stocked up episodes of one of our campaigns wow. that the stuff that we're recording on every other Saturday won't, <laughs> won't be heard until 2022. What? And so like, and we're really proud of the stuff that we're doing. Cause just like any TV show, these campaigns get a little bit, take a little bit to get into. Mm. And so, you know, we've been running since the first of the year and we're only on the fourth session of the actual game. So we're going to try and make that game, weekly and then the other two campaigns will be released once a month and so i've been trying to catch up on that but oh my god ray i've been doing so much geeky stuff (laughs) (laughs) i have had so much fun um we kicked off last monday was my birthday oh happy birthday thank you and so i was like all right enough of my friends have vaccines and so just like two Six of us total went to an escape room out here in Palm Springs. And I absolutely love escape rooms. I don't know if you've ever been. I haven't, but they I am very, very interested. Okay. So so when when you are back to being fully social, we will get a group together and do um an escape room because the escape room at um uh in North Palm Springs is so much fun. And the people there are so nice. Um, but we did that. We started off with that. And then, um, I don't know. I've just been, I've been all over the place. There's been no good focus. Um, <laughs> I played a video game that I think you would appreciate called Watch Dogs. Uh, what's actually Watch Dogs Legion. Hold on. Mm-hmm, hold on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I need to hear more about this escape room experience. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just blew right past that. Well, I, and I want... I mean, I know you've done these before, mm-hmm. and um, it, it, I mean, you might be the first person to kind of tell me that these were a thing, and I think I kind of lost my mind and went, "What?" Like, <laughs> talk about like it's like taking the haunted house concept a step further, like five steps further. Yeah. So, I well, I guess you know, there's different ways of of doing these things, but how many is this that you've that you've done now? Um, I want to say that this is, it's either three or four. I want to say it's three. So this is like pure fun at this point for you. It's no anxiety or, or sort of like nerves about it. Well, we didn't, we didn't get out of this one. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, so, you know, when it was six minutes left and we knew that we weren't going to get out, it kind of got like, oh man, but we were close enough that the woman who runs it came through and she goes, all right, this is all you were missing. You had this step, this step, and this step. And, once you got one, you would have gotten the other two real quick. Um, and it's okay. So, and it's timed, right? Yeah. You have an hour. Okay. <laughs> so, and I think part of it was, is, so I did mine on my birthday, which was a Monday. So I had two people drive out from Pomona and I had two people who had been working all day. And I think and Matt and I had just gotten off of school because, you know, you know, we had the, the weekend to do our grades and stuff to get that stuff in. So on the, on the day that you know you're going to be in a, an escape room that night, is your brain? Are you like positioning your 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 mental powers like in a certain way? Like, are you anticipating? No, but we probably should have been. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I came in and two of my friends were like, oh, we had the worst days today. So I don't think anybody was like, I think that's, I mean, still, we still got very close to finishing. Okay. But, but I don't think, I think we were just not quite 
like lined up the way we had, um, you know, been in the past. And, you know, one of our, one of the people showed up late, which didn't help. Um, <laughs> up late to an escape room. Well, you know, it's traffic coming out because everybody forgot it was spring break and Palm Springs has been packed, packed mm. this week. Mm. Um, but yeah, right. so it was, it was um, the, the story is you're, locked in a locker room that some like serial killer has put you in. And the person <laughs> who he killed previously has left all these clues to help you escape. And, okay. and they were hard. This was a hard, um, this is a very, very hard escape room. And are there, are there levels that you can choose? There are, I, this one doesn't have them as defined as some of them do. Um, but it was interesting because the woman came in as the owner and, you know, she gives us the rundown of, of how it's supposed to work. And, you know, they give you the, the rules so that you're not banging your head against the wall going, why won't this work? Because it's not even a clue. Mm. Um, and we, we asked for a lot of clues, which the couple times I've done it, m- my group's never asked clues. So we, wow. we, we were kind of like, this is tough. Um, and you second guess yourself. You're like, I think I know what the answer is, but I, I don't want to waste a lot of time trying to figure it out. So let me just double check and say, do I have this right? And they'll go, yes, yeah. but you need to reconsider this thing. Um, wow. So, yeah. So we did that. And then afterwards, and a major shout out, I'm going to be contacting her sometime this week. But um, the woman who runs it was telling us a little bit about it. And I said, you know, do you, how often do you turn over your rooms? Because, you know, a lot of places like I know escape room LA changes theirs over, I think every six months to a year. Um, and they'll add, they'll take one out and add one in. And she says, well, because we consider most of our audience transient, it's all, you know, people on vacation. Mm-hmm. It's not locals. She says, we don't really change our rooms up because each room costs $30,000 to put together. Holy shit. And she goes, we could do them for less money and throw them together and switch them out a lot, but I'm a bit of a set snob. And I said, Matt automatically goes, well, Joe's the new um, theater teacher at, I'm not going to say the high school right now, but at this high school in the area. And she just was like, oh, here are all the free things I will give you. Whoa. Yeah. So she's going to do a... um, uh, when when we are back on campus and, and able to do field trips again, we're gonna like she does corporate, um, corporate um, what do they call like team building things? That's mm-hmm. like sixty five dollars a person, and she's gonna give us one of those for free. Wow, that's amazing! Yeah, and then I told that is so cool. I told her that in my stagecraft class, the kids were designing escape rooms, and she goes, "When you guys run people through your escape rooms, give the fastest time." I'll, I'll donate tickets to one of ours as a prize for the That's fastest time. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So, so when, you, when the scenario says you're in a locker room, you're standing in a locker room. Yeah. It lo- very much looks like there's a toilet in the corner. There's, there's a sink. There are lockers. Wow. And, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would have so much anxiety until I got used to like, cause I'm sure after like, you know, at certain moments, the adrenaline and like trying to like, you know, figure something out, you're timed. And then the reality of the space, you know, <laughs> even though you know, it's not real, I'm sure there's your, some parts of your physiology that are reacting like you're in a real scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I mean, it's like one of the things was you had to count a thing. I don't want to, in case anybody ever does it, I don't want to ruin anything for it, but, but you stop, like you learn, lose the ability to count. 
Like we had three people trying to count these things and we kept missing them. Um, and it was color coded. So at one point I'm like, I can't even do this. I can't see which ones are red and which ones are green. So like somebody else is going to have to take this. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but, wow. It sounds like you had a great time. But we had so much fun. And the, the, and we went to dinner afterwards. It was, it was the first time Ray in a year that I have been out and social. Right. And so that in and of itself, I think everybody was just like, everybody kept repeating, I'm so glad we did this. I'm so glad we did this. This is the first thing I've done in a year. This is like, it was just, it was, it was cool. So it's fun. It sounds like it's a lot of fun, even if you don't solve it and get out. But I'm sure if you do solve it, that must be such an amazing feeling. Yeah. The first two we solved it and you feel very accomplished. Um, this one, like I said, I think we were just all tired because we saw this. She goes, she goes, you didn't even try this puzzle. And we're like, of course, that's a puzzle. Like, how did we not see that that's a puzzle? And um, so they're watching you as well on camera. Yeah, because what you do is you, they've, they've got a little they've got a little microphone, and it's where you go for the clues. And you don't push the button; you just lean in, and they know if you're over standing by that box that you need a clue. And they'll say, "What's up?" And you say, ah, you know, I've entered I've entered this code into the lock. Is this correct? You know, or am I just am I just using the lock incorrectly?" And they'll say, "Yes, that that's the right code. You just need to maybe jiggle the the lock a little bit more and it'll it'll open up." Mm. Um, the things you have to like anybody who's never done a, an es- escape room here here most of us don't. most of us <laughs> I don't know. They're pretty big. There's a lot of people who really like them. But for those of you, like when you do your first escape room, these are the things you need to know. First of all, not you're not going to work on every puzzle. Like it's not sequential. You have to have one group working on one thing while another group's working on a second thing and maybe even a third thing, depending on what, you know. And then like people at the end were like, okay, so what did you do with that puzzle? Because I didn't even see you guys solve it. Wow. Yeah. So that's the first thing. If you go in there thinking you're going to be part of every single puzzle, you're not going to get out of the escape room. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is you cannot have a quarterback. (laughs) Really? You cannot have a person who takes charge because that person will ruin the escape room for you. (laughs) Expound on that. Um, Everybody has to be doing their own thing. And so if you have somebody that tries to do everything and tell people what to do, people shut down and they're less likely to you use their like they're they stop thinking outside the box because the person that's telling them what to do starts basically thinking for everybody. Oh. And so I've had some people who have done escape rooms and they're like, I hate it. And I'm like, did you have a quarterback? And they're like, yeah. And then I'm like, then that's why you hated it because it's not fun right. if somebody's taking over. Right. Right. Um that makes sense. Yeah. So there's that. There like how many people? We had six, but this one was built for up to ten. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, and we had gloves and we had masks and we were all very safe. Um, all of us have had at least one, if not both of our vaccines. So that's why we felt okay doing it. Um, other tips are make sure that you're not walking around with things. Like you, you put like, there's usually a central table or something that you can put all the clues you find on there. And so as long as you're not walking around with something, um, you know, somebody can just go like, I'm not being used right now. There's nothing. I'm not solving anything. I'll go to the table and see if there's anything that we've missed. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have somebody who just is overwhelmed, then you can make them a facilitator, which is completely different than a quarterback because the facilitator basically goes, Hey, so-and-so just found this key 
does anybody have something that this key would fit into? And they become your kind of central point person that is just right. kind of kind of making sure that everybody has everybody knows what's being found. Right. The person in the chair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so so basically you're if you if you kind of follow those tips. Like you can usually solve most escape rooms. I think we were just tired and we, because we had two people who've never done escape rooms before, um, yeah. just, just trying to catch them up and explain to them how to get through it was a little, took a little time out. Um, Dang. All right. I want to, I want to do this. Okay. So we will, <laughs> we will make it cause the, I love, I love pumps, um, escape room, Palm Springs. It's really, really good. I highly recommend it. Um, the the woman who runs it is absolutely amazing, and so yeah, we'll have you you come out and we'll we'll do a we'll do an escape room. We'll bring in uh, the two other people that we've done them with, and uh, they're really good at it. So we'll all right, we'll cool. we'll get you through. You'll have fun. All right, so thank you for that. Watch dogs now. <laughs> now you're allowed to. Like I have so many questions about escape rooms because I'm so interested. But okay, now thank you. <laughs> okay, so then Watch Dogs kind of set my the tone for the Watch Dogs and me myself and I set the rest of the tone for my week. My husband went out of town for four days because leading up to spring break, he's on spring break this week too, and. He's like, I want to get out of town. And I am like, dude, you are taking me on a three-week road trip this summer. I am not leaving this house. <laughs> like, I don't care. And so part of my part of my birthday gift from him was like, we have not been alone for 24. We've been together for 24 hours a day for a year. I'm going to Seattle and hanging out and working on my book. And that will give you time to do all the geeky stuff that you want to do without me interrupting. So the, the, this and and I am very grateful for it, and it, it was a very good decision because he came back yesterday, and we you know caught each other up, and we were excited to see each other. It it was nice. So the things that set the tone for those four days was I played a game called Watchdog Legion. It is the third video game in a series in the Watchdog series. And it's basically a dis like um, I had never heard of this term, but it makes complete sense. A, a capitalistic dystopia, <laughs> um, which some people I'm very familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> and and so uh, you're playing a bunch of hackers that are trying to like break in and redistribute wealth, and you know bring down the the bureaucracy, and. It's different than a lot of other games because part like there's there's two sets of storylines. There's the main storyline, and then there's the recruitment storyline. And so what you'll do is you'll be walking past people. It's it's very I don't know if you've ever watched like footage of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it's very Grand Theft Auto without the drugs and prostitutes. <laughs> and so you're like walking down the street and you'll pass somebody, a little thing will go above their head. That's like start recruiting. And you could just walk up to random people in the street and say, Hey, you know, do you want to be part of our hacker group? And they'll go, well, um, only if you can do this thing for me, you know, get my friend out of trouble, <laughs> erase my college student loan debt, um, you know? And so <laughs> So what you end up doing is you end up with this pool of characters. You're radicalizing people. You're, radicali you're radicalizing people. And you end up with these – like, and then there's an online mode, which I haven't played with, but they, they talk in the ad advertisement how 
you know, the construction guy that you recruited is great because he comes with like this construction drone that can get you in places that other place people can't get you. But mm-hmm. you can also recruit that grandma over there who totally can sneak into places because nobody thinks the grandma's going to do anything. Yeah, you recruit strategically. Yeah, and so it's like it's like really cool. This is my life, Joe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you know what kind of organizations I'm a part of. This is, this is basically how I spend my weekends. But, well, this is this is a video game I think you would appreciate. It's very much fun, and it was cool. so. So I enjoyed that, and then um, that got me to like, okay, are there any are there any like tabletop role playing games? Because that's kind of been my geeky bend for the last couple of months. Are there any? Um, tabletop role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons that would kind of have that feel. And the answer is just not, <laughs> at least not the way, <laughs> at least not the way I'm looking for it. But I found- so, so this is like non-digital experience, uh, uh, platform, what you're talking about. No, what right? I, well, no, watchdogs is a video game. It's just a, a regular video game. Right. So when you're saying you're looking for like tabletop RPGs, you're talking about non-digital platforms. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I found this one that I think you will appreciate. It's called Sigmata. And the tag, the tag um, is this signal kills fascists. <laughs> this is the description. Sigmata, the signal kills fascists is a cyberpunk tabletop role-playing game about ethical insurgency against a fascist regime taking place in a dystopian version of the 1980s America. Whoa. Players assume the role of receivers, the superheroic vanguard of the resistance, who possess incredible powers when in range of FM radio towers emitting a mysterious number sequence called the signal. When the signal is up, receivers lead the charge against battalions of regime infantry and armor or uh, uh, I'm sorry, regime infantry and armor or serve as the people's shield protecting mass demonstration from the brutality of a militarized police force and neo-Nazi hooligans. When the signal is down, however, receivers are mere mortals desperately fleeing from a powerful state that senses their weakness. It's called the Sigmata, a signal introduced stigmata because it is both a blessing and a curse. At least when you're marked by the state, you can't sit on the sidelines anymore. Hmm. That is that is the story. And then they've got all these like propaganda posters um, as like the art assets. Wow. It is pretty like I haven't played it. I haven't bought it, but it is it, the the Kickstarter ended in March 2020 and you can't <laughs> figures and um, <laughs> <laughs> appropriate. And um, and so if you want to if you want to check that out, just go to, uh, type in Sigmata S-I-G-M-A-T-A. And um, yeah, it, it raised forty thousand dollars in its Kickstarter to get started cool yeah i'm I'm definitely reading about it right now on twitter (laughs) (laughs) so you know i don't know maybe i'm i I cannot add any more um role-playing games to my docket right now but this may may make its way on there at some point so i feel like like i've watched the there's a documentary that i watched on on role-playing games i can't god i can't think of the name of it right now but it, they sound so interesting, but for somebody who like me, who's never played a role playing game before, like I don't think I've ever even played like a role like a video game like RPG before. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it feels like hard to. It seems like there's a lot of rules or a lot of things to 
you know, mechanics to, to become a, like knowledgeable of in order to like really enjoy the experience basically reminds me of trying to play tomb raider and getting like stuck in the corner and not <laughs> to, like, move out because i'm not good enough with the basic like joystick you know or or controller mechanics you know what i mean yeah th- here's here's the thing and what you have to do and i like you're on the docket to eventually as i rotate through people on my one that i do definitely want to get you playing one of our our games, but um, you you need somebody who's going to introduce the game to you in a way that is create your character, tell me what you want to do, and then we'll just play. And then as you go, you'll learn the rules. Um, that's what we're doing with the Monster of the Week campaign I'm running right now. Most of the people who are playing have never played before, and I mean Matt is playing and actually enjoying it. And, um, and basically I was like, these are the things you can do. If you get stuck and you're like, like they, a lot of them were like, well, can I do this? Can I do this? And I'm like, you just tell me what your character would naturally do in the situation. And I'll tell you what move, move or role you need to use right, to do right. it. Because all it, all, ultimately all it is, is a storytelling engine. It's a way to tell stories that you're excited about. Right. That's what sounds so appealing to me about, you know, these, these platform, these games, but then it's like, it's like a comic book that's been going on forever and it's not really like new reader friendly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, the, the books are like 300 pages each and they're all very technical with all these charts and everything. And I sent them to my players and some of them were like, this is too much. And it's like, don't read it. Like just just (laughs) show up, tell me what your character does. Yeah. Pick one of these characters, give me a backstory and then when you get to the you know crime scene or the monster, tell me what your character would try and do, and I will tell you how to do it. <laughs> and then that's and that's how that I mean, like if you look at um, as the dice roll right now, we've got three campaigns, two of which are are being published. Um, the other one will be published on the thirteenth, I think, is what we said. But um, Todd's which is um, basically like he really messed up Firefly. Um, So it's a space kind of, you know, smugglers kind of thing. Um, There's all these times where he's like, so what do you want to do? And then we just do the weirdest shit. (laughs) Like it doesn't like he hadn't even planned for us to do whatever we did. And he just kind of has to look at the rules and go, okay, how did they do that? Okay. they, They roll for this and that's it. You know, it has nothing to do with, and then um, Drew's campaign, which is um, using the newest D and D rules, but he's like, I'm putting it in my own setting. And <laughs> spoiler alert: if you haven't listened to it, the the big bad at the end is um, is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> The, the, the conceit is is that he was not happy enough with next day delivery, and so um, he decided he wanted you to get your packages before you even knew you were ordering them, and that uh, allowed him to, <laughs> to, 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 to develop time-traveling technology, and then he was like, well, if I do this, why don't I just go back and kind of just fix reality the way I want to? And so, you know, he went back and took the place of Napoleon and took the place of Alexander the Great. And so basically he's wow. like, you know, he's 
we're, we're currently playing his version of the Hunger Games, which he calls the Bezos Games, which he stole from the writer of the Hunger Games. So it, it's it, like you can you can tell any story you want, and it's just ridiculous. Wow, that's great. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, because it's frighteningly real. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That is where the amusement is coming from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where the, the the amusement is coming. Well, that and the fact that like the the characters are just ridiculous and stupid, and we're just having a, a fun time playing ridiculous and stupid characters. That premise reminds me of this really great bit from comedian Ronnie Cheng, who um, he's uh, hilarious and he's uh, he's been he's a correspondent on the Daily Show, I believe. Uh, but he has a few stand-up specials out, and in one of them, he has this bit about he's he's you know critiquing uh, capitalism and and our our you know instant gratification sort of mentality, and uh, talking about how Amazon's you know you can get it the next day, and there's something that's that's wrong about that, but yet nonetheless makes us really happy and he's 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 like it's getting to the point where we're not even satisfied with that like we want it now like Mm -hmm, we mm -hmm. want to press the button and it's in our hand or or then he he he, the final part of the bit he makes the jump so we want it before we know we want it Mm -hmm. like we want it yesterday right and what you just described is that it's like oh my god like that's the next evolution of that bit it really (laughs) is it really time travel (laughs) jeff bezos time travel so I mean, it was funny because there was a we, we have an ongoing text in that group. It's me, my brother, and a bunch of people we played um, WoW with way back in the day. And uh, somebody posted that um, Elon Musk had had beat Bezos as the most uh, as the richest guy in the world, and he's like, "Crap, do I need to change the do I need to change the bad guy?" And I'm like, "No, I think you need to add the bad guy. <laughs> this is a, th- <laughs> a three way competition here." <laughs> that's great um so anyway so we're so I'm looking at uh watchdogs i'm looking for rpgs that that kind of um deal with that and um and i was like man i, I just love this stuff like there are any tv shows and it reminded me oh yeah there was there was a whole mini series called v oh yeah <laughs> That's how that came up. That's how that came up, and that's why I messaged you. And I don't know how many people at this point have seen V. And if you haven't seen V, it's like 10 bucks for the first two episodes um, because it's a miniseries. So it's like, I don't know, four hours of uh, an actual (laughs) well-thought-out four hours of entertainment. Um, And uh, I'm like, oh, my God, we need to do an episode on V. Because <laughs> it is because there's there's rumors that they're going to do a three part movie trilogy, like a they're going to do a movie trilogy of V. So when you sent me that message saying, "Hey, did you ever watch V?" My only where my brain goes is the 1983 miniseries. Right. Is that what you're talking about? That is what I'm talking about. Because there is a 2009 remake. Right, which I think I watched two episodes of and was like, meh. <laughs> okay, cool. Although I heard, it, happy. I heard it was pretty good, but it ended on a cliffhanger. Like, they, they canceled it before it was over. Right. And I'm like, I'm not going to go back. I did that with Alphas where I went back and watched it. <laughs> and it ended on a cliffhanger. And I just can't, I can't do that to myself. Um, right. But uh, I absolutely love – I've loved it since I was a little kid. I've always oh, loved God. V. 
I remember V. I remember watching it. I remember it being it on TV. Uh, it being on TV. I don't know. I'm a little bit scared to go back at this point because I'm sure that it looks way better in my brain than it actually does. Well, well they have they have a, an HD. The first two episodes because they have for those of you who don't know, um, they have the V miniseries, which is a two parter. And it's about, well, the first one's like an hour and a half. The second one's about an hour and 45. Um, and it's about aliens coming to Earth as friends. And it basically is supposed to kind of parallel um, Nazis in World War II. Like how they came to power and how how everyday people could get swept up in that. Mm. It is very interesting to watch in 2021. Because... Yes, there's some there's some things that are problematic about it because it was it was released in 1983, um, <laughs> so you know different times. But the the intention behind it was very positive. It was very multicultural. It was very trying to um kind of just you know the whole idea is don't forget that you always have to be vigil- vigilant against fascism is basically what the the thing is so what happened is then those are two those two things are in hd on amazon prime you can buy the whole thing for ten dollars it's not that big a deal now kevin johnson is the producer and creator of v mm-hmm. and when they did v the final battle which was a mini series several years later um they went in a completely different direction than he wanted them to and it got very weird and very cringy and weird sci-fi and, um, you know, it was still fun to, to, you know, 12 year old Joe back in the day, but, you know, <laughs> problematic to current Joe today, but <laughs> sometime in either college or, or maybe in the, the early two thousands, he released a book called V the second generation, which was basically what he would have done if he was allowed to do his vision of that second miniseries. Yeah. And it was very good. And I'm going to go back and read it now that I've, I've watched those first two episodes, but of course, of course, I mean, oh, like <laughs> it, it's, it's, it, that's really cool for the fans, you know, that want to continue this story or want to get like a resolution and, you know, to, to be able to have the creator's like original intent, right? Right, like, exactly. And so what they did, and they they were gonna, I forget what company has control of it, but they were going to release when when they did um, the new was- series for V, they were going to drop his his name off of it entirely, and the Writers Guild actually sued. Wow. Um, but so was that like Kenneth Johnson, like the like V, the Kenneth Johnson cut? Yeah, that is the <laughs> Kevin Johnson cut. And Kenneth Johnson's like a very, especially in the 80s, huge TV producer, huge TV mm-hmm. producer. Um, but and there, there was also a one or like a 119 episode series that had the original cast in it back in the 80s, which was terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> terrible. I own it, but it's terrible. Um, so anyway, long story short, he is now in negotiations. They were going to start filming in 2020, but obviously um, COVID. But they were going to do a three-part uh, or a, a movie trilogy for V. And I hope they, they do it because, oh, my God, it's one of my favorite properties. Like, it's definitely mm-hmm. one of my huge fandoms. Um, Did it hold up for you? 
I appreciated it for what it was. Like the special effects are terrible. The high definition, you can see the outline on the little models that they use because they, you know, it was all very practical models and everything yeah. back then. Yeah. Um, the the aliens do not look good at all, but the story's good. Like the story is really got it. Like it's how's the act? How's the acting? <sighs> some of it's good, some of it's bad. <laughs> it depends on the actor. Um, <laughs> the 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 kid who's supposed to be the black street kid is of course talking in jive and oh, no. yeah. So it's, it's a little rough, but the character is so he's one of the few that survives to the TV series. Okay, cool. So in my head, I'm seeing the V aliens as slee stacks from land before time, uh, uh, land of the lost. So pretty, pretty damn close. <laughs> that gives you an idea of uh, my jumbled memories from the eighties. <laughs> oh, you totally have to like, if you can, if you can spare the 10, if you can spare the $10, like just don't even, don't even get the, don't get the series. Don't get the, um, the, the, the final battle stuff. Just get the first two. And when you've done that and you've watched it, uh, like let's have an episode about it because that that's okay. That's a nostalgia episode right there. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. And it's not to our listeners. It's not lost on me that I'm saying, you know, that I'm saying, Hey, you know, when the original creator gets to realize their vision, that's good for all the fans. <laughs> well, I mean, I did say it was four hours of good television. <laughs> Oh snap. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I love how your I love how your your brain sort of um it it gets into this groove of a certain type of story mm-hmm. and you follow that across different media. You go from, you know, uh like a, a a video game to a tabletop RPG to a mini series. And you're just, you're, you're seeking out that same feeling, that same kind of experience, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. My, my brain is trying to indulge in as much of that kind of theme as possible. Yeah. That's really cool. I wonder if there are uh, other geeks out there that kind of do the same thing. I feel like I'm a little more scatterbrained. Like I can change up gears wildly in one afternoon where when, when friends or someone is trying to, you know, hang with me and experiences, they're just going, Whoa. Like, <laughs> and now let's, now let's do this. And now let's do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's all geeky for me and I love it. And my brain wants to like do a million different things mm-hmm. at the same time. So, yeah, I'd be curious to hear what what other people uh, seek out when they're you know in a groove. Well, and then at the Aries would be what I'll do is I'll be like, oh my god, resistance, you know, like media, <laughs> like all this stuff, and then like in two weeks I'll be like, I have no interest in dealing with this anymore. I'm on <laughs> to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, um, right now we are ping ponging back and forth between uh, the MCU, mm-hmm. so the Marvel movies, and Mad Men. <laughs> <laughs> Those are – I don't think you could get much different than that. <laughs> and, and thoroughly enjoying ourselves, thoroughly. And I – you know, I was surprised. I was definitely put up a lot of sort of road signage on our way to this dynamic where I was like, are you sure? Because – these are literally my two favorite things. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, don't just feel the need to indulge me in this way. Like, but in a world where we are, you know, going back and forth between Mad Men nights and MCU nights, I'm basically as happy as can be. Is she, and, is she uh, loving uh, Mad Men? Oh, immensely. Oh, but that's good. I'm, I'm surprised at how much, uh, how quickly that happened. That, yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. And we have this, this sort of, cultural uh i guess you could call it like a touchstone like a reference point and and i've tried to describe madmen like this to other people and it just doesn't really have the same uh meaning carry the same significance when i say it, it's like a novella it's like a it's like a you know a spanish language soap opera mm-hmm. uh and there for people who've watched novellas or grew up with novellas you know being watched they're they're a particular type of it's it's like it's like uh, uh, american soap operas but like on a whole different level of of everything of of cheese and of you know uh, drama and just it's soap operas turned up to 11 Yes, a scandal and twists and turns. And honestly, like that's what Mad Men reminds me of. And so, but everything done with a straight face, like everything is treated, <laughs> right? Like very, very, um, oh, I can't find the word right now, uh, in a genuine way, in an earnest way. And, uh, yep, it just, boom, the hooks were in immediately. Nice. I mean, I could tell halfway through, yeah, I could tell at the end of the first episode, the hooks were in. So, yeah. Have you gotten to the the picnic episode yet? Oh yeah. <laughs> Did she gasp in terror yes. like the rest of us? <laughs> of course, of course, of course, and of course, you know, for for those that don't know, there's a there's a scene. It's not really a spoiler. There's, there's just a scene where they're they're. It's a 1960s family out in a picnic. Mother, father, uh, boy, and girl. Um, don't know if the dog's there or not, but. Uh, they're having a picnic. Uh, you know, they parked on the side of the road. You can see the car. You can see the Cadillac behind them. And they're under a tree. And they're eating and doing their thing. And then when they're ready to go, they just sort of get up. They grab their basket. They literally shake the the, the rubbish off of, off of their blanket and walk over to the car. And, and there's just a pile of garbage just strewn about yeah just just wrappers and napkins and just, just everything. everything yeah cans he literally like t- chucks his can <laughs> just to see how far you can throw it and get up and drive away you know and it's it's sad and this is this is probably some sort of privilege that i am not aware of but um uh, I, I remember out of all the things, there's misogyny, there's oh God, racism, yes. there's, and I think the biggest gasp, <laughs> biggest reaction, <laughs> and one that I always tell people, this is this is what you're in for, is that pollution scene. And yeah, and this is a show where, you know, beyond the things you just mentioned, there's pregnant ladies smoking and drinking, mm-hmm. there's, everyone is driving drunk basically all the time. Yes, yes. <laughs> And and the thing is, is it's not, it's not unrealistic to the time. Like this is not, they they are not like, oh, this would never happen. No, this did happen. Like this is how, this is how people back then lived their lives. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's, we're having a great time with it. And then in, in regards to the MCU, 
uh, we, so I actually took your advice, Joe, and I didn't go, we didn't go from Captain America, the first Avenger straight to Iron Man. We did do Captain Marvel, uh, second, and that was a really, really, really great choice. Oh, well, how come? Just because, um, because I think for somebody who has absolutely no reference points to, to Marvel, in any media, um, this idea that there's a guy with an eye patch that sort of knows everything behind the scenes and controls. I feel like that's a character archetype that you and I, we know well, mm-hmm, regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, whatever, whatever story we're consuming, we're aware of these archetypes. But for people that don't, this is the introduction to that archetype, I think seeing Fury pre-shield director is super important to sort of inform his character because he really only shows up in bits and pieces the first you know two movies Mm -hmm. uh uh, or or rather the iron man one iron man two and and captain america i'm not sure if he pops up in thor or not but um and you're just going like what is that like that just seems so out of left field if you don't know a little more about that character and so, you know, having him be part of the the buddy cop dynamic in uh, in Captain Marvel, I think, goes a long way. Uh, and then also, I think for me, I'm just I'm just telegraphing this. I feel like eventually, when we get to Captain Marvel, it's gonna that character is gonna feel like a much more cohesive part of the overall story, mm-hmm. now, as opposed to just tacked on at the end there. Now she has not watched WandaVision yet, right? No, okay, no, at all. So we are at, so we've done Captain America, the first Avenger, which went over great. And I actually enjoyed that way more. Every time I see that movie, I feel like I enjoy it way more than I remember. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we watched Captain Marvel and that went over well. And I remember saying at that point, so these are two of the like lesser liked Marvel movies. And she goes, what? (laughs) <laughs> what are you talking about? I go, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's about to actually get good now with Iron Man. And she's, I could see kind of the wheel spinning. Like, what are you talking about? Like, these are great. Like they're fun and they're adventurous and they're like, they go down so easy and there's no cringe. And you can know, like, make superhero movies without cringe, you know, like, um, so then we watched Iron Man and it's, it's like, you could see how why that movie works and how it works on audiences. It just it just clicks. There's just so much, and Robert Downey Jr. obviously, um, you know, sort of makes it. And uh, yeah, that's it's it's really great to see those stories doing their thing and and working for for new eyes. I'm I'm skipping ahead in my mind. You're gonna destroy her with Infinity War. <laughs> Like you're just gonna destroy her if she's enjoying it this much this early, and to follow these characters all the way to the end without knowing what. Like we all knew what was yeah. coming up. We all knew that there was gonna yep. be a snap, and half these people were going to go away. Yep. So, th- yeah, this is a question that actually came out of left field for me and left me somewhat confused. I wanted to run it by you because uh, I'm not quite sure where this is coming from. Uh, and I don't think she knows either, so it's kind of hard to to discuss. But uh, 
I would say halfway through Iron Man 2, which I still see as kind of a tough watch. It's good, but Iron Man 2 is trying to do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I can see why people are not crazy about it. I like it because I just geek out on all the character stuff that's happening with, you know, with with Justin Hammer and Whiplash and, you know, Fury and we meet Scarlet, Scar- uh, uh, Black Widow. And, you know, it, it's just a lot, a lot of geekiness. Um. But I don't think the story flows as easily as, as you know, Iron Man 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, but about halfway through that movie, she said, how many Iron Man movies are there? And I was trying, before I could answer, I wanted to try to figure out, like, where is that coming from so that I can answer the, you know, because I, I mean, I could just say three. There's three Iron Man. But what is, what is that question trying to get to? Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes, I just, I want to know, I I got the sense, okay, you're really enjoying this character and you want to know how many of, you know, movies of this character you get to watch. And I'm going, okay, that's kind of like asking how many Jon Snow episodes are there of Game of Thrones? Yeah, I was just going to say, now now I'm really concerned. <laughs> because now we're really, because you're going to get to Endgame and you're going to destroy this poor woman. <laughs> so, so it, you know, my answer, my explanation of that was, well, there it's he's one of the main characters. So even if it's not an iron, like the whole story is almost, he's one of the people that like, this is his story. It's other stories as well, but he's one of the main. So yeah, like I wouldn't concern myself with how many movies are titled Iron Man. Right. Yeah. He's in, he's in most of them. (laughs) Yeah. The answer is most of them. (laughs) And I didn't want to say that either because sometimes, you know, that's going to be a surprise. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's I, I. Needless to say, I think it's it's going over well. I think, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I I can't wait to hear more updates, and I I cannot wait till she gets to some of the the more crunchy stuff that we all geek out about. But we knew what was like. That's the thing. We can't watch these the way she's watching them. We never could watch these the way she was watching them because we right. knew what was coming up. Like when. Um, when the snap happens at the end of infinity war, you know, there were people who were just like, I don't understand what's going on. We were not those people. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, Oh yeah, you didn't know that was going to happen. Oh yeah. No, there was a snap. They're going to go away. Like this was was predestined. (laughs) And I remember thinking, wow, knowing what I know as a fan, I'm still amazed at the effect this is having on me. Oh yeah. No, I was Balling because okay, right. let's go back to Infinity War and the snap and just the trauma yes. that that caused. I mean, forget before even getting the Spider Man, just yes. the way they all just dissolved. Like it just like it's yep. heartbreaking. Yep, absolutely, absolutely, it is. And so, um, yeah, yeah, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> so good, so good. Like I can't believe I. It's just so. We are so lucky to have these movies. Next up is Thor. That'll be interesting because it's completely different. Exactly. But I mean, so far, I kind of feel like they've all been completely different because Captain America is very different. The first one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Captain, you go from Captain America to Captain Marvel. 
That's a big jump. And that is like Cree and scrolls and, t- you know, it, yeah, that, that is a huge jump. And it's set in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And then you go from that to Iron Man. <laughs> like, what? Which is like set that? before, which was created before any of this was even a, a twinkle yes. in Faye's eye. <laughs> yes. And, and Iron Man also has a very different feel because it's trying to feel aggressively modern to the point of it's like slightly futuristic. Right. Uh, and, you know, we, we finally have a a main character who uh, is very um, in your face and very sure of themselves. Uh, Even when he's struggling, even when he's going through a crisis of confidence and, you know, rethinking his whole purpose, he's still Tony Stark. Right. Right. (laughs) He's still completely unapologetic. And I feel like um, Captain Mar- Captain America is not that at all. He's the opposite. And Captain Marvel doesn't. She she you know her her movie is about her coming to that mm-hmm. and sort of you know stepping into her own. But Tony Stark is Tony Stark from frame one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been three very different movies. And then of course we did Iron Man two the other night. So that's you know we're still living in that Iron Man world. And now we're about to do Thor next, which is another curveball. So so great. Like, again, I just can't, like, I'm so envious of her in so many ways. I was thinking, Joe, it's interesting how I'm thinking, okay, like, after Thor, we get to the first Avengers movie. And that that sort of sums it up. But I kind of like, because in in the the release order, we got Thor and then we got Captain America. Mm -hmm. And that kind of sets you up for the Avengers. Uh, There's even an Avengers teaser at the end of Captain America that I I skipped over. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we're going from Thor to straight into the Avengers, I think it really connects is going to connect nicely because of the, of the villain of the Avengers mm-hmm. and kind of how it's a, it's a continuation of their story dynamic. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll report back for sure. Oh, so, so looking forward to it. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. um, any other geeky stuff we want to get out of the way? Uh, no, I mean, I've, I know we're going to talk about some of the news that I'm, I've been interested in, and, and that's been a lot of my geekiness this Saturday, this weekend <laughs> has, has been just following the news and everything that's, that's going on. Awesome. All right. Well, then we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we will be back for um, our, our news. Lots, lots of DC, DC stuff coming up. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, New, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. And we're back. So, Ray, you had a question for everybody. Yeah. um, I'm curious to hear from people um, 
I've, I've been spending a lot more time on Slack these days. So hopefully, you know, some of our listeners can chime in uh, or, or on Twitter. Um, I, I'm curious to know people, if people are recommending uh, Godzilla versus Kong or not. That, uh, Joe, it's it, uh, this whole franchise, I guess we can call it a franchise by now, right? Uh, it's It's been so uh, frustrating for me because I remember loving King Kong and Godzilla when I was a kid and watching those old movies. And every single time I've tried to watch one of the newer remakes, I just, I can't, I can't stay with them. And I've seen a lot of chatter about Godzilla versus Kong on social media this week, people giving their thoughts and their reactions, but I do, am I going to have to go back and watch Kong Skull Island and, like, is that, is that necessary? Is, is it even worth it to watch Godzilla versus Kong? You know, what about Godzilla King of the, there's so many of these damn movies now. See, I just, <laughs> maybe I might, I might, some people may feel like my, my geek card needs to be revoked. I, I, couldn't care less about King Kong or Godzilla. Like I just, it's not my fandom. It has no, it holds no interest to me. So this is a little bit how I'm feeling too, but that vexes me because I loved these as a kid. So I'm like, how can I like not give a shit about these movies? What's, what's going on here? Like I, I, yeah. Is there other stuff that you out there that that you loved as a kid that you know you look back and go, oh well, yeah, no, I just don't like it's not. Mm, my yeah, but but I feel like the way that they're going about translating this property or these two properties, it it feels like it's right up my alley. You know, it's a more yeah. realistic take. It's very cinematic. It's it's enormous in scope. Um, I, you know, I, to this day. The, the Godzilla remake um, that was made by, uh, I think, Gareth Edwards, I think, did it. Um, the one with Brian Cranston, 2014, Gareth yeah. Edwards. Yeah. To this day, that trailer, the trailer for that movie is one of my all-time favorite trailers. That trailer is a is just a, a master class. I, 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 that's the movie for me, is that trailer. And then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, <laughs> like it's just, it's, it's for me so far, these movies have, have felt um, like a drag, like a punishing experience to watch. It's like, I just, you know, you would think that, hey, big monsters and robots fighting and destroying stuff. Cool. Like turn off your brain and just enjoy this for the ride that it is. And, and that's, it's not clicking. It's something's not it's how, happening. It's how most of us feel about transformers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's about how, it's how most of us feel like transformers. And I think, I think the thing that has made transform like I don't watch the Transformers movie. I did watch a Bumblebee because for some reason my husband wanted to. I was like, are you okay? <laughs> like who are you and what have you done with my husband? <laughs> um but 
Yeah, I just for me, I'm looking at it and I'm like this is hashtag not my Transformers. Like mm. it just, I I recognize that they're not embracing what made it great back in the day, and they've taken it in a different direction, and that different direction has become what Transformers is. So for me, I just have decided that Transformers is not going to be a franchise that I follow because I I like to see what's happening in the battles and understand <laughs> what just happened. I yeah, I feel like I'm I like the kid in me is missing out on some really 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 fantastic um you know, uh, uh, indulgent sort of like geekiness because I really want to like these movies. And it's clear that they're trying really hard to make these movies successful and work and they keep making them. Uh, and I just feel like I'm missing out and I'm, and I'm, maybe this is naive of me, but I'm hoping that somebody can give me a way to enjoy these movies. Like just think about them like this, or just, you know, if I can mm-hmm. just, just shift my, my, perspective or my approach a little bit mentally i would really like to access the enjoyment (laughs) that that my child's brain is saying is is he is there in these movies because i just i remember watching you know i i mean joe opening night uh uh arc light cinerama dome i was there Mm -hmm. for the 2014 godzilla film i was so excited that that trailer for me, it's like it's on par with the first trailer for um, Rogue One, Star Wars uh, Rogue One, mm-hmm. where it just works. <laughs> it just set, it set yeah. me up perfectly. And I thought, oh, my God, like this idea of like Godzilla as like uh, this terrifying battle that like soldiers, it, it, it almost felt like, uh, you know, going into D on uh, landing on D-Day. Right, like in in Saving Private Ryan, mm-hmm. except there's this enormous monster and the parachuters jumping out of the out of the the helicopter or plane or whatever. Uh, it just I was terrified. I was sitting there in the theater watching this trailer, completely terrified, and I couldn't wait for the movie to come out. And I'm and I don't remember the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't even say it sucked. I just don't remember it. I just I just know Aaron Taylor Johnson is yes. in it and he's he, and he's very handsome man and so that's what I enjoyed about the movie. I I mean I think that's about as far as it goes. I remember Brian Cranston being really upset about something. <laughs> <laughs> And then dying. <laughs> and then, uh, and that's like first act, like no spoilers there, but uh, <laughs> for a, for a seven year old mediocre film. Um, and so I oh got, I was so disappointed. And, and, you know, in that disappointment of like, I, it's forgettable. Like, it's not like, I can't yeah. even hate it and get some enjoyment out of that. Uh, and then Kong, Kong Skull Island came out and I remember thinking, okay, this is like sort of like a, a new approach to, Kong and I and I heard rumblings at that time that hey hey if this works out <laughs> you know what might be in play in the future and uh, I think my coworker Jason said oh yeah Kong Skull Island like I could he's like I couldn't get into it until I realized this is just like a video game like it's just 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 turn off my brain and just watch it and you know it was fun and I tried to do that and I just couldn't I just couldn't. Uh, it, I, I swear, I think I maybe even fell asleep like twice on that movie. And it's got everybody in that. Loki is in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Tom Hiddleston's in that movie. 
so here's here's a possibility. Is it possible that you know back in the day the draw of these movies was look at what we can do. Like look at us create this you know ridiculously large gorilla and have him rampage through New York and then climb the Empire State Building. Like that that back then with the with the film the, the ability of people had to make films and what they had to work right. with. Right. This was, this was like a big accomplishment. Yes. So it's, it's like going to see the spectacle of the sideshow at the circus because it's, it's new and it's weird and it's different. Yes. But now we live in a world where we've got CGI and you can just kind of create whatever you want. Like the impressiveness of the feat of creating it is not there anymore. Right. Yeah. And, and so what we're looking for is story, and what they're giving us is look at this really cool monster. Yeah, maybe there isn't story there. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> maybe there just is <laughs> It seems like they've tried a few times to craft the story, and, and maybe there just isn't. Maybe, you know, that's, <laughs> that, that's it. The spectacle part of it is now done. Well, I feel like, I feel like the – if you want that kind of from from what I remember, it's not again not my fandom, but um, what was the Pacific Rim? Pacific Rim was really good. That was, but that that was a little bit more Transformers for me. Um, the one I'm thinking of is the J.J. Abrams one. Oh my God! Wait. Oh, you're thinking of um, Cloverfield. Cloverfield. I feel like the reason why that worked for a lot of people was because it was following it wasn't about the monster. It's about the people having to deal with the reacting to the monster like the the monster is the natural disaster that they have to deal with. That's where I feel like the story is, but very often they make it about the monster and the love story with the main character that has nothing to do with the monster. Okay. Um, I heard you, but I'm, I'm stuck <laughs> on something that you said. I'm stuck on five words that you said before all that. Okay. You said that Pacific Rim was more Transformers for you. Is a Mecha a Transformer or a Titan? Well, I mean, for, I, I'm talking about the kind of, the kind of, what I'm what I'm looking for in the movie. Like in in Pacific Room for me, it was about these like the the reason why that movie worked is because it was about people's relationship with one another. And they were using it for and and the 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 relationship they had to run the what was it the Jaegers? Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was the story there. And for me, that's kind of like, it had the humanity that the Transformers cartoon to, to little 12 year old me had, um, it was about all these different characters and how they interacted with one another. And the fact that they were big robots fighting each other was secondary to the fact that they were like a big family that were taking care of each other and defending you. Like that's, I mean, that's why, that's why that's. Honestly, Ray, that's 90% of my fandom is a big group of people taking care of each other. It's why I liked V. It's why I like 
um, the so, Avengers. It's why I like the like found families. Found families, which I guess now that you put it that way, explains it because I mean that's a big thing in gay culture is it's about your your found family. Um, right. So so for me, that's that's a little bit of what what that movie was about. Um, and that's I think what I enjoyed about Cloverfield too is it's people the the other the other side of that is a group of people going up against extraordinary odds. like an es- like a an group escape of people. Room. Like an escape, like an escape room. Exactly. Hey, That's why I love that this, so much. This episode <laughs> does have a theme. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's why, like if they made, if they made King Kong, King Kong movies are often kind of trying to say, let nature be nature. Like it's the whole thing about how horrible people are going to be to this creature that's just doing its thing out in the wild. Huh. I mean, I kind of feel like it, it's about injustice. And same thing yeah, with Godzilla. And, and, Godzilla is a critique on U.S. Mil- militarism and imperialism. It's a critique on the the fact that we dropped an atomic bomb, two atomic bombs on Japan, and the horrors and the nightmares that you know come from that. That's what Godzilla is. And so so Right, but that's not what they but that's not what they're making the movies about. That's true. You're and absolutely that's the problem. right. They're skipping that. And it's like King Kong also was about injustice and it's about imperialism and it's about colonialism. It's about colonization. Mm-hmm. And and that's probably what you liked about it. Even back then you had that feeling that this means something. Right. It felt like and- they're they're referencing an injustice that I may not understand intellectually yet because i'm a kid but i feel it on some point on some mm-hmm. level you know it's the reason why people <laughs> this is a horrible way to couch it but um it's the reason why people get really upset when dogs die in movies it's like that that dog has done nothing to you why'd you have to go and kill the dog and it's the same thing with king kong king kong has done nothing to you why do you have to kill king kong um and so I think the people who are making these movies are approaching it from the point of view of how cool would it be for this big monkey, this big ape to, to hit the big, lizard. and the military's always and, the fucking heroes. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's a critique of that. It's not. <laughs> and so, and so that's why I kind of put it as it's my transformers. You don't, the transformers movie has nothing to do with these aliens that have landed and are stuck on earth and are working together with some people that they want to help mm-hmm. and that want to help mm-hmm. them. And, and they're, they're just, they're protecting themselves against the bad guys. They're, they're having to come together and work together, use their, use their various powers, a la X-Men right. to survive. Right. And Michael Bay turned it into big monsters hitting right. each other very poorly. So you can't understand what the action is going on in front. Well, of Warner brothers has turned Godzilla and King Kong into just big monsters pummeling each other and stuff blowing up. And I wish they would go back to the roots of, you know, what these, what these properties were criti- critiquing Joe. That was a very helpful discussion for me so thank you i (laughs) I still want to hear from our listeners though if you have enjoyed kong or godzilla versus kong i want to know why um and and uh i want to you know i basically want some incentive to to put that on but after after godzilla 2014 and kong skull island you know i've never even watched 
Godzilla King of the Monsters? Like, is that something that I should watch before I watch? Probably, right? I, I don't know. Am I? Uh, are you just going to, my question is, are you just going to frustrate yourself? That's, yeah, that's my question as well. <laughs> that is my question as well. So hopefully, uh, hopefully someone can chime in. I'd appreciate it. All right. Well, the reason why this came up, one of the reasons why this came up is because, um, as we said, we're, we're talking a lot about DC stuff. And apparently because the Snyderverse is, I guess, ending with the Snyder cut, yeah. um, the, the, the Snyder fans have decided to um, completely bomb, review bomb Godzilla versus Kong, which to me, I don't think is probably necessary because i can't imagine it's getting accolades lord yeah like i feel i I, there's so much wrong with this tactic yeah it's the i'm gonna boycott you by burning the merchandise i've already purchased like it it is not like you're not helping or hurting any so i don't know if you're aware of this joe but at the same time there's also a a mini movement on twitter of snyder fans saying hey we need to stream Godzilla versus Kong so that we can show one. So basically support the studio that we want to make these things. <laughs> so they're like counter mo- mo- movementing themselves. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, like, because, because there was this whole conversation happening for a minute of like, do we all cancel our HBO Max streaming service now that the Snyder Cut has come and gone so that we can show them that that's what we were there for? Like, that is the power of this storyteller and his fans that, you know, uh, uh, now that you're not giving us more, we're gone and you're going to lose this. And then other people are saying, no, no, no. (laughs) I think even Snyder himself came out and was like, don't, cancel your subscription like support like you know and so it's a mess man it's (laughs) but honestly that i see as being more proactive and 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 voting with your dollar than review bombing that that actually makes sense because then you are sending a message that makes sense like i i don't like what you're doing so i'm gonna like lambast your other movies Mm. it's like First of all, it's it's Godzilla versus Kong. It's gonna have it's 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 meta rate score is gonna be in the red. Like it is not gonna have a good review. Right. Yeah. You're not you're not you're not accomplishing what you think you're accomplishing. Yeah. Uh so you know, I don't think they know what they're doing, but they're very passionate about it. <laughs> which which kind of fits because that I feel like is the DC franchise in a nutshell is that they don't know what they're doing, but they're very passionate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, release, you know, or, or restore the Snyder versus trending very, very, very strongly has been trending. Very strongly. Do they realize that that's not a, like the stuff we're getting that's outside of the Snyder verse is so much better than the Snyder versus. And, you know, unfortunately we're not, we're not getting some of those things anymore either. Uh, Ava no. DuVernay and, and, uh, Tom King had been working on a new gods movie that a lot of people, including me were very excited about. And it sounded like they were very excited about it as well. They tweet about it a lot. And now that's officially not going forward. Yeah. And it, but what, 
Because why why are they saying that? Because we already have seen Darkseid in the Snyder Cut, so we don't need to see right. Him. James Wan, who directed Aquaman, which was a huge hit for Warner Brothers, was developing a movie based just on the trench, which is you know if you've seen Aquaman, the, the creatures, the kingdom that sort of completely broke off from Atlantis and and de evolved. Um, that he was, he was, it's kind of like the one horror movie segment of Aquaman. Uh, mm-hmm. He, James Wan was developing that as a property as well. And that's also been canceled along with new gods. Um, and part of the reason that they gave that Warner brothers gave for canceling these is that going forward, they're not quite sure now when those are going to fit into the plan that they're developing, the new plan, the post Snyder plan. They're not sure where, where New Gods and the Trench would possibly fit in for release dates. So rather than keep keep these creators in purgatory and sort of just have them on indefinite hold, they decided to just say, we're not doing it to kind of release them from that expectation. Yeah. And and one of the things that, that kind of drove me nuts with the article you posted was, let me see if I can find... Um, What it said was, um, DC is currently building an interconnected slate in which projects will feed in and out of the big screen and the small with films such as James Gunn's Suicide Squad spinning off into John Cena's led HBO Max series Peacemaker and Matt Reeves' The Batman spawning its own Gotham Police Department focused show. What? Yeah. It, all, these, all these plans kind of amount to like they don't have a plan. Well, they don't have a plan, and that—that's the thing. It's like they, okay. So you've got the Snyderverse out there. It's done. Um, the Suicide Squad looks great. Of course, I don't know if it'll be great, but I'm—I am—I am putting my trust in James Gunn yeah. that what we're seeing in those trailers is not the best part. Yes, of and the trailers are pretty great already. Oh my God! There's like I actually am excited about seeing that that movie and we know that a boomerang will be thrown because we see it in the preview um sorry i have no pa- i have no patience for dc at this point people i'm sorry if you think i'm being snarky i am because i'm done with dc at this point um so but they're, but they're 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 still trying to be marvel without earning yeah this has been their problem from the beginning oh marvel's taking all this time to build up all these characters like we've just spent how much time talking about how you're you were going back and watching movies outside of release order in chronological order and they make this brilliant sense that we don't even think about unless we actually start doing that type of watching That takes that takes planning. That takes thoughtfulness. That takes, it takes uh, a like a sort of a dedication to your vision. Yeah, you know? and it and it takes it takes trust in the people that you're hiring to put together your right. Vision. And you know, the first two Thor movies did not break the bank, but they understood that they were essential to complete their overall vision. And they found the way, the best way they could at the time to make them enjoyable. And they, you know, kept moving forward with, with their plans. Yeah. And so, so they go and then they put together Avengers and it's like, oh my God, this is great because it built on the other movies and it was 
they, they just decided we're going to do Batman versus Superman, which was terrible, and then we're going to release Justice League, and it's going to be amazing. And we didn't do any of the groundwork to establish these characters, but it's okay because they're Superman, Wonder Woman. But they're never. It feels like they're never fully all in or all out either, because they're canceling no. things, but then they're still trying to hold on to certain things. Like Gail Gadot is is still Wonder Woman for the foreseeable future. Like there's no stop to that. But she's obviously a part of the Snyder version of these characters. So what does that mean for her story? At some point, we're gonna have to get to a a flashpoint, a crisis, a some sort of days of future past scenario where they where they figure this stuff out because it's all splintered realities at this point. They came out with the whole ass Joker movie that doesn't fit in with any of this. <laughs> they just wanted to do it. And so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Joe, we as fans are trying to fit them into a Marvel cohesive universe when they, we, we should just let that go for DC. I would, I would be beautifully happy if DC just were like, we're just going to release movies we're excited about. And we don't care if they tie into each other, and we don't care if they create some bigger universe. We're just going to put – but they keep saying, no, it's part of a bigger universe. And now they're doubling down, and you know how we feel about doubling down on this show. <laughs> they're doubling down, and they're saying, and now we're going to do this revolutionary thing, guys. We're going to take our movies, and we're going to spin them off into streamable TV series <laughs> because this is a brilliant idea. And we're totally not stealing this idea from Marvel, who once again has done the groundwork to earn this accolade yeah and to get permission from they have built themselves up to where they can now do this successfully and we will sit there and watch three episodes of wandavision where we have no fucking idea what's going on but you know what it's marvel and we trust them and we're going to get to the end of it to see what it means and then go oh my god this is brilliant we have problems with it but it doesn't matter because this could be a really cynical take uh, on by me on, on this property, but I feel like um, a movie like Black Adam, I think, totally shows where their motivations are and and their thought process because uh, no one's asking for a Black Adam movie. <laughs> uh, it's The Rock, and he's playing a character who's a a villain uh, or or maybe antihero at best to Shazam. To, to Captain Marvel. Well, I guess he's is he still called Captain Marvel? He's just Shazam now. No, they they lost they lost that that name okay. long. Well, ago. um, so, but how, uh, this is still moving forward, and I feel like part of the reason that this is moving forward. I mean, the the, the Shazam movie was pretty enjoyable. It doesn't really they they had a kind of sneaky cameo at the end that kind of connected it to the Snyderverse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. I've never seen it. So the thinking <laughs> behind that, who knows spoilers, if anyone hasn't seen Shazam, uh, real quick, five-second spoiler, Henry Cavill as Superman shows up at the end of Shazam. So okay. now that's part of the Snyderverse, I guess, but now the Snyderverse is not happening, but they're moving forward with the with the, uh, a spinoff of Shazam in, in uh, Black Adam. And I think my what I'm thinking is this. We have The Rock, and we have a superhero character, and we're going to mash those things together because it's going to make money. Now, Mm -hmm. in the long run, 
<laughs> is it going to serve your overall goal or vision or plan? And, and, you know, serving the overall vision comes with more money in the long run, right? So if you just want to look at this purely mm-hmm. from a financial point, it, it makes financial sense to stick to a, a long, a lot, the long game. But it seems like they're just going, what's going to be the next movie that can make us some money? Who cares if it completely destroys <laughs> or contradicts the, you know, the plan that we've been saying we're trying to put into place all this time? Because a lot of these do that. A lot of these projects that they're still holding on to do contradict w- what they say they're moving forward with. Well, the whole Black Adam article that you posted was that Pierce Brosnan was cast. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I skipped that part. <laughs> No, no, no. That's okay. I just I'm throwing that out there because this leads me to I'm going to fix this for them. They're not going to do it, but I'm going to fix this for them. Which is a good choice, by this the way. Is, Sorry to cut you off, but Pierce Brosnan is Doctor Fate. Cool. That's so cool. Yes, I was so I was like this. This is what motivated this this mindset. I'm like, this would be cool because I still, as not great as it was, still have a nostalgic feeling for the 1993 or 96. DC versus Marvel <laughs> thing. And I remember one of the panels was Dr. Fate talking to Dr. Yes, Strange. I remember that. And I was like, that is so cool. And I would love to see Pierce Brosnan's Dr. Fate talking to uh, Cumberbatch's oh. uh, Dr. Strange. Like, so awesome. And then I was like, oh my God, this is it. So Kevin, just follow me on this. Kevin Feige goes to Warner Brothers and says, you need help. Let me fix this for you. Then, this is never going to happen, people. This is just me being just like, this is what I would love to see. So then he says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take every, literally every comic book property we have right out there right now. Like, it doesn't matter how bad it was, how good it was. It doesn't matter. We're going to take it and we're going to do... DC versus Marvel. And we're going to squish it all together. And then this is where it gets wacky. We're going to do the amalgam (laughs) universe. And we're going to make those movies because at this point, Marvel can pretty much do whatever they want. And we will say, here, take my money. So we are going to make Dark Claw and we are going to make Super Soldier and we're going to make all of these ridiculous things. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to, we're going to, we're going to say, Hey, you know, it doesn't matter if it makes sense. Uh, Chris Evans, you're not only going to play Captain America, you're going to play Human Torch. And we're going to get um, everybody who has ever played Human Torch to play Human Torch. And we're going to just squish you all together in one episode. Yes. Like one movie, we're just going to take everybody, we're going to squish you all me, together. and then Give we're me gonna- the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to make sense. We're just going to switch it all together. And then, and then what we're going to come out on the other end is this amalgam universe where nothing makes sense, but you get cool characters like Dark Claw and Super Soldier <laughs> and Amazon, and we're okay with this. And then we split them back up. We finished DC versus Marvel, but now we have a Marvel with a coherent um, X Men. Because we can just like we, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We just like like we squish whoever we want together, and they like take what's his face, um, Patrick Stewart, and who's the guy who plays him in the new one? Oh, um, um, oh God, his his face is in my brain. 
Yeah, he was in glass. Not the flat. Was it not <laughs> yeah, glass. it was glass. The, yeah. Was it yeah. glass? Um, which I haven't seen yet, but really, really, really want to. Um, but, you know, just squish the two of them James together. James McAvoy. And then it matter. James McAvoy. Just squish them together. It doesn't matter who pops out at the end. It could be a third person. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But now you've got X-Men perfectly lined up to do X-Men movies. You've got, you know, we get to see Chris Evans be Super Soldier. And it's like, oh, this is cool because he's both Captain America and Superman all at the yeah. same time. We get to do, like, just all this weird shit. And then Feige goes, okay, now that we've done that, we're going to take all of your people from all of your movies. We've got places for them. Joe and Ray gave us ideas of where they would fit into the Marvel universe. And you're going to start over from the top. I love it. You're going to forget about what you've done so far. We've had a lot of fun playing in each other's sandboxes and you're going to start over. Love it. And I am going to come over and help you because I'm a comic book fan and you guys are hurting my head. And it's called crisis on infinite multiverses. Yes, and it just squishes it all together. It splits it back apart so that it makes sense again. And then we don't have to worry about DC anymore. DC can just start over. We've got places for those actors in the Marvel Universe so that we don't have to feel bad for Gal Gadot and, and um, Jason Momoa and, and Henry Cavill. They'll be fine. We, I would love to see – oh, my God, I would love to see a Ben Affleck sentry – Yes, um, we've talked. We've talked yes. about this. This would be wonderful. And now we just start. You know, now I saying, can't. I can't see Henry Cavill now without thinking of Captain Britain. I know, right? Yes. And I wanted. I want him to play the really douchey, <laughs> not nice to Megan Captain Britain, like the one that that the the writers just like. Like we're just gonna make him awful and so you enjoy it when stupid things happen to him because stupid things happen like if you ever read Excalibur just stupid things happen to Captain Britain all the time like he was the butt of every joke because he just took himself so seriously which at this point really hits <laughs> it works for him yep. so this is this is how we're going to fix it just let Kevin Feige come in just squish the universes together pop them back out with you know it fixes some Marvel problems and and then we get you know, we get to see Superman's hit Thor in the face. Oh. Like it, like it just, like it just fills every ounce of our, um, like that part of the nerd brain. Like you hear about the lizard brain. I do believe we have that nerd brain <laughs> that just kind of fires when geeky stuff happens. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't, it, it is, it is the part of the Godzilla versus King Kong <laughs> where they're fighting each other that you're like, I don't care if this movie is good or bad. This is kind of fun. <laughs> Like, like that is it. That is satisfied by this, and then Kevin Feige can go in and go. Just, just let me fix it for you. Just let me fix it for you. You'll make money. I'll make money. It'll all make more sense. The fans will be happy, except for the Snyder kids who will still be there going. But his is better. It's not. They're it's never going to be. They're never going to be happy. Stop trying to please them. And that's it. That's the that's that's the solution. Just let Kevin Feige go over it and fix your universe. Sign but me let's up. have an amalgamation. Let's have an amalgam version beforehand. Just sign so, me up. Uh, and for those, I didn't. I didn't even realize that some of you may have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> and I apologize for that, but I got very excited about this. So um, I've been thinking about this for days, and I've been so excited to tell you about this. Um, so 
the Amalgam universe is in the 1990s, like mid to late 90s, they had this crossover event between DC and Marvel. And it was all very political because they had to have two, two issues that were DC versus Marvel and two issues that were Marvel versus DC. Like everything had to be like, if one guy got defeated from one, one IP, then the other IP had to get, um, you know, somebody defeated like it was it was everything had to be very who wins between (laughs) captain america and batman yeah it had to be very carefully navigated and it was brilliant it was like they did for what they did the stories they were okay but for what they accomplished i think it was pretty Mm -hmm. impressive but then what they did is they took the two universes and they squished them together so you got Captain America squished together with Superman and there's and he's super soldier. You got Wolverine and Batman because those were the two biggest names in both properties. And you squish them together and you get dark. I Claw. forget that Basically, people, Wolverine. I forget that people don't know about this. Yeah, I don't I, I it's if you if you weren't around in the nineties, <laughs> you weren't our age in the nineties, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you go to the I will put it in the the show notes. I have uh, a Wikipedia page open that's just list of amalgam characters. And it tells you what the character's name is and who they are a combination of. And literally it is just hundreds, was, hundreds of characters that they just squished. Who together. was the Amazon wonder woman and who storm? Oh, okay. And, and, um, and so, yeah, so you had like, f- I don't remember if it was two and then amalgam and then two or how it worked out, but you basically had these two universes, they collided, they combined, and then when they finally were able to split them, both universes fight the big bad. Right, right. And and were, was was Doctor Strange Fate um, at the center of, of saving both universes, Doctor Strange Fate being an amalgam of Doctor Fate and uh, Doctor Strange? I think so. And I think there was also, it had something to do with the original, how Jordan, cause he becomes some, I, I, I know much less about DC than I do about Marvel. So whoever I know, I know the original green lantern becomes somebody important and some big cosmic entity like thing. Got it. Got it. Wow. We got a, um, we got an amalgamation of doomsday and Dr. Doom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, like if I, I seriously, if you have 10 minutes to hop on to the show notes, I will make sure there it's on there or just, just Google list of amalgam and A M A L G A M. And if you don't know what that word is, I'm sorry, this is the English teacher in me. It's like a combination of two things. Um, so list of amalgam comics characters mm. and uh, it just, just pages, pages of characters that they combined. Um, that's pretty great. <laughs> what a wacky time like it was. The blo- it was it was just ridiculous. <laughs> um, some of the characters were just like, of course, of course, those two characters would get, and then and then some of them were done like they had um, Lobo the Duck oh, instead of Howard the Duck. <laughs> like they they just like how ridiculous can we get? And and then there were some really cool things. There was um, was it Hellrunner? Oh, Speed Demon. What? Speed Demon, which was was um, the Flash and Ghost Rider. Wow. Oh, look here. You have Jade Nova is an amalgamation of DC's Green Lantern and Jade and Marvel's Nova. 
Mm-hmm. Huh. Wow. No, oh, it just goes it goes on and on and on. <laughs> There's just pages of these characters. Because there would be like and, and it didn't they didn't even have to have lines. Like there was a like for Spider Boy, it's just like Spider Boy and anybody that they ever wanted to combine in the background. <laughs> That's great. Like Cy Cy Girl, Saturn Girl and Cy right. um, Aquamariner, Aquaman and Submariner or Nat Namo. Yeah, Living Lightning Last. <laughs> DC's Lightning Lass and Marvel's Dazzler. <laughs> Whoa, we got uh this is so funny. We got Green Arrow mm-hmm. and Hawkeye. You know what that character's name was? Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> like some of them aren't great, some of them are wonderful. Like, like it didn't matter. It was just geeks saying this is gonna be fun. And <laughs> I go for it. Like some characters, I don't even like I randoms in there from somewhere. Do you remember? No, I do not remember random. Random is a, I think that was his name. Let me double check. But he was, um, he was a Marvel character in the, he was, I'm pretty sure he was a Rob Liefeld character where his body could just turn into guns. Of course. Jesus Christ. Do you remember him? It's like large, like his 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 skin's like chalk white, and he, his hands just turn into that. Bits. That like, sounds like the most meta Rob Liefeld character ever. <laughs> that sounds like a character that someone would make up to make fun of Rob Liefeld characters. Right, but you can't see if you haven't learned anything by listening to us. Like, there's one thing you should have learned by now is that there's no way to parody La- Rob Liefeld's characters because they are already a parody That's of so themselves. True. Wow, some of these are fun. We got Captain Marvel combined with Captain Marvel because both universes, both both companies have Captain have a Captain Marvel. Well, and then I don't I don't know this character, but I guess there's a character in DC called Powwow Smith. Oh, no. And then there's a character there's a character like if you guys know Boomer or Boom Boom from yeah. the the X Force, the character's name is Powwow Boom Boom Smith. <laughs> like. <laughs> It doesn't have to make yeah. sense. It just God, does. It's just. I exists. really hope they just editors from both companies got high one night and just like ripped on a bunch of names and character mashups. You you know they had fun. Doing this. <laughs> They're just like throw these characters and buy. He doesn't play any part in the story. Then just put him on the cover. He doesn't have to appear. So in the yeah, the some of cover. these you can tell they're grasping. Like um, someone at DC called Obsidian. It was merged with Gambit. Like mm-hmm. who's Obsidian? Uh, you know the Ray was merged with Cyclops. They had Cyclops, and they're going, "Who the fuck can we?" <laughs> like, who's, <laughs> what? Who's left? And it's funny. It's it, this tells you something. And I, I remember this from back in the day when I was reading these. A lot of the characters just looked like the Marvel characters. Oh, interesting. Like if if you look at any of the X Men based characters, they're just like the X Men characters with either. DC character costumes or color right. changes, and that's it. That's that's right. I do remember that. Wow, I guess that says something about character design, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, when you've got you know Jim Lee designing X Men uniforms for years, I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. So anyway, so that is God, that is my. You'll never see this. It is- makes me so sad that we'll never see these movies. 
but it you know i i think i think it's their only way out at this point <laughs> i think dc like everybody's like well they'll just do you know a crisis on infinite earths movie and it'll fix yeah. it all but you have to have a plan to fix yeah. it all and and they they don't have a no, plan no their plan is so, how can we make money right now and i think it's very um very film executive driven studio mm-hmm. exec you know kind of like Hi, I need to keep my job for the next couple of years. I need to greenlight something that's just going to bring in some cash. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. and 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 the result is is that you you alienate more and more and more and more of your viewers, and we stop caring. Like I was all excited about Wonder Woman, and we watched Wonder Woman. It was like, yeah, there's problems with the third act, but this is a really yeah. cool movie. And then we watched Wonder Woman 1984, and you're like, what? What are you yeah, doing? Where is this going? Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious. I'm I am curious to know if you're interested in the next Batman movie, or if that's just all kind of been lumped together with the the DC mess. I am hoping that the Suicide Squad revigorates my my enjoyment of DC movies because. At this point, I just don't care. I I literally watch them because we will talk about them on the show. And that is the only thing that's getting me to buy tickets to any of these things. And I don't watch. We didn't cover Shazam, so I didn't watch Shazam. Um, I didn't watch the um, Birds of Prey. Oh, that was not good. Yeah, everybody said it's not good. And it's like, how how much do we expect our listeners to like sit through bad movies and then listen to us complain about yeah, bad movies. Good point. So we've just left, we've left big chunks of the DC movies out because we're just, that's like, true. That's true. What, why, why would we be covering that's true. unless it's, unless it's so bad, like wonder woman, 1984, where it's like, we can't not cover. Yeah. This. Yeah. That's yeah, exactly. That was kind of, and it, the fact that it was being released on HBO max and it was, you know, during a quarantine where we're not going to go to the movie theaters anyway, it was on Christmas day. It was a big deal for sure. Uh, but you're right. Yeah. We hadn't had a big, we hadn't had a big comic book movie in a year. I hadn't realized how much of those DC movies we just skipped over on this podcast. You're absolutely right. I've seen most of them and they're terrible. So <laughs> theory confirmed. Uh, right. Yeah. They're really bad. They're, they're forgettable at best. And I've said this multiple times, so I apologize for being a broken record, but there's no excuse. There's just no excuse at this point. Like it, I'm, I'm not saying you have to be Marvel. Go a different way. I still think that doing Justice League first and then breaking them out into their separate movies would be a very interesting way yeah. of doing this. Yeah. Like, like don't don't follow the Marvel path if you don't want to, but don't try and follow the Marvel path without earning, without putting in the time to earn the accolades. Like, you have to establish what you're doing if you're going to create a unified universe. You can't just throw a bunch of movies at it and hope it'll make So this means we're doing... A Suicide Squad review episode. Then. We'll definitely do a Suicide Squad review episode. I'm very excited about that movie for just, it looks ridiculous. In the like, best way. In the best way. Like, I love the, the line in the preview, you know, oh, you're out here. I think we're going to go in and rescue you. And she's like, oh, well, I can go back. And I'm like, this is wonderful. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that they don't just like ignore it, they go, well, that's condescending. I'm like, this is, this is wonderful. And it, it really disrupts the damsel in distress trope, right? Yeah. 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 And, and it's like, this is intelligent stuff. 
clouded and wacky. Yeah. It's it's the same thing as Deadpool. Yeah, it's self-aware like in a really is, great way. Yeah, it's this is so ridiculous, but it makes sense. That's why that's why amalgam. And I'm, yeah, it's the way. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if it still also delivers on the action. Um, yeah, this yeah. comes out in August, probably be in theaters. Hopefully we'll be back in theaters by that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll still go to a drive, th- drive in if it's necessary, but I would like to be in a concealed <laughs> or a confined space yeah. where I can actually enjoy the set. You know, speaking of, of the drive in, I actually saw a drive in movie last week, kind of out of the, out what of the blue, uh, my, my bestie Suzanne hit me up and said, Hey, I've got an extra pass for, a drive-in movie tonight, by any chance, would you be interested in watching an American werewolf in London? And I said, of course, that is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I am there. Tell me where. And so she emailed me the ticket. Uh, We picked up some in and out on the way and sat in our car and had a couple of double doubles and uh, watched American werewolf in London. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. It's my first yeah. drive-in movie in a long, long time. Yeah, but my last – well, that's not true. I was going to say my last one was in college before um, New Mutants because I saw New Mutants in the, right. the drive-in. Um, but, no, I actually saw when uh, Cape when I was with Cape – when I went with Matt to Cape Cod for the first time, they still have a drive-in movie theater up there. So we saw two movies that were not great. We saw <laughs> the sort of – the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Oh, no, that's not true. We saw one good one and one bad one. The bad one was Sorcerer's Apprentice. I think the other one was Toy Story 3, which was wonderful. The Sorcerer's Apprentice? <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Oh. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Like, literally, that's all oh, you need to wow. know. Oh, <laughs> wow. This is great. This is like bad wig, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Jeez. Yeah, driving I'm, I, has me realizing that I need to see more of those, especially now. Like, they're, yeah. you know, people are going out of their way to set up these events or whatnot. It was put on by uh, here in, in Santa Ana, actually, or, or nearby Tustin. Uh, by like a, a local uh, like event company, so I'm going to be seeking out more of those. I think one that they uh, announced uh, before we left was they were doing a double feature of Alien and Aliens, the first two Alien movies. Nice. I know. I'm like, yes, yeah, sign me up for that one. That sounds great. And I I was worried because we got there a little bit late, or uh, the movie hadn't started yet, but it was filled with cars, and I thought, oh no, we got a bad spot. It's kind of hard to get a bad spot at a drive-in theater. Or driving movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, almost sometimes it's it's not good to be super close because you're kind of like ducking down and trying to see under your right, window. Right. Yeah. So, no, it was great. I'm, I'm excited to do that again soon. So, yeah. So, I, the only other thing I have on here is Nando's version of WandaVision. And I just want to know why we haven't given Nando a job. At oh, my Marvel God. To just look. Joe, just look over at the stuff at the end and say, um, just do this and fix the last little piece that you right? fixed. How, how, like, how does he not have this job? Exactly. I, I swear to God, I think of the same thing when I watch his one small change videos. I'm like, oh my God, like I already enjoyed the hell out of that. 
And he, how did he improve on that? Like, how, how did mm-hmm. you do? How do you do that over and over again? Literary analysis, friend. <laughs> literary analysis. Is that what he's doing? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. He's he's looking at the story and he's finding what themes are most important and and putting that in. Like, I'm sorry, the Nebula running the gauntlet is canon in my head. Oh now. yes. Like, you cannot tell me that that's not how it happened and i think i might have to like headcanon wandavision too because it makes so much more sense that way and like i like like you were accusing me of i didn't want agatha harkness to be a bad guy and in his version she's not she's not she's and oh my god yeah i don't want to spoil nando's video for people you should definitely go watch it uh but he he makes agatha a more well-rounded character i think um he gives Monica more to do in the finale. Mm-hmm. Um, he gives, he, he avoids the, something else that you brought up, Joe, is that you, you don't like it when you have like powered uh, uh, antagonists or fighting against each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And he avoids mm-hmm. that. He switches it up. Yeah. So, so we don't get a vision versus vision and a, you know, a straight Agatha versus like Scar- Scar- Scarlet Witch just, and that's it. She he rounds out Scarlet Witch so that she can be both the antagonist and the protagonist, which is right. Brilliant. I don't know how you how do you pull that off? Well, Nanda will tell. Yes, me. <laughs> yeah, that was such a great video. I get so excited whenever I get a YouTube notification that he's dropped a new video. And and as much as much as I hate the idea that Darcy doesn't show up <laughs> in the final <laughs> battle, I'm I'm spoiling this. This for you made guys me laugh because it's just too brilliant. Like. He said, I wouldn't put Darcy in that. I would give her no lines in the last in the last video. I would just have her stuck at that stop, <laughs> at the crossing, at the stoplight for the rest of the movie. And it's the thing you never knew you wanted to happen. But yes, that's exactly how it should So be. great. <laughs> just a shot of her still at that stoplight. Like, just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this was one of his better videos. And like I said, I really, really enjoyed WandaVision. So the fact that he can make a small cha- couple small changes that, you know, really vastly improves the ending for me, I'm like just amazed. It just, it, it amazes me that nobody's snatched him up yeah. yet. Because obviously, and he he wouldn't have, they wouldn't have to hire him as a screenwriter. I don't know that that's even his strong right. suit. He's a fixer. He's the one who should go in and go, okay, here's a couple of changes to tweak to your final mm-hmm. script to make that make episodes. And he fully acknowledges how hard it is to write these scripts and to make these stories. He he, he even goes so far in, in, at the beginning of a few of his videos where he says, look, I'm not saying that I could do a better job at, you know, screenwriting or directing than these filmmakers. That's not what I'm saying. What they do is so hard to do. It's very easy. You know, it's a lot easier for me to come in after the fact and say, Hey, if you just did this or this, so, you know, full credit to those filmmakers. Right. Well, I think, and I, I love the fact that he's not pompous about it. He just kind of is like, Hey, this is, this is what I yeah. love that. Yeah. Which we do all the right. time. We're like, well, why do they just right? Do that? He has, and for those of you that you know are are, this sounds interesting to you. He has a series of videos called One Small Change, where he just makes you know a, a tweak here and there to to a bunch of different superhero properties. He also has massive rewrites where he does. He's done mm-hmm. a Man of Steel rewrite. He's done a Justice League rewrite. 
the Justice League rewrite is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, if you have not seen it's it's I think a two-parter or a three-parter. Like it's it's almost as long as the Snyder yeah. Cut. <laughs> but he does such a great job with it. It makes so much yeah. sense. Yeah, and he also has a complete uh, you know, the the Netflix Marvel series, The Defenders. He has a mm-hmm. five-part Defenders rewrite. I have to go back. I don't know if I, I don't remember if I've watched that one. It's or not. excellent. I kind of want to say I did, but I don't remember. So he does a lot of great stuff. Check out his channel. Yeah, yeah. We are big fans. Cool. I'm glad you ended it on that after. (laughs) Well, yeah, because I mean, I I couldn't end on DC and I couldn't end on the Wacky Amalgam because that's just ridiculous. (laughs) So we had to end on something positive. I like that. But uh, yeah. Uh, And and just, you know, a a peek behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen, as of yesterday, Ray and I were like, so what are we talking about today? And I literally said to him, oh, you know what? We'll just wing it because I'm sure I'm sure we'll come up with something. And I have enjoyed this. Oh, my God. Yeah. How do do we end up with a two hour show again? Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Two hour show on absolutely We're sorry, guys. I hope you enjoy this. I hope you're not going. Oh my God! Stop we talking. might as we might as well have been sitting in your classroom uh, during a, a break period. <laughs> yeah, or or while a movie's playing and the kids are like, "What are they doing outside the door? Like they haven't been in back here in forty minutes. Like what is going <laughs> yeah, on?" Yeah, ranting about Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> uh, next week we are doing uh, the second part of our Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, oh my reviews. God! And I have thoughts. I like it was. I do too. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Like I feel like this last episode was just a lot of world building, which was awesome. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So much. So much stuff. Yeah. Um. Any. Any major shout outs? Oh, I feel like I already gave multiple shout outs throughout this show. <laughs> um. You know, so many people. I feel like again that contribute to the enjoyment that I get out of these geek properties, whether it's you know my friends and coworkers that are are kind of having these discussions with me in like private texts, whether it's you know Twitter users, whether it's Nando dropping a new video and just like blowing my mind yet again. Um, I don't have a specific, another specific shout out right now, but just to, again, to everybody that, that adds to this, it's, it's so awesome to feel like you're part of yet another community. And that is like a geek community. Uh, yeah. And speaking of geek communities, my, my shout out is to our group on Slack and the Geekitude channel. Like if you guys are, are hanging out in discord, that's awesome. There's a lot of good stuff going on in discord, but Geekitude has a dedicated channel in Slack and we would love you to, if you are not already there, we are having so much fun talking with yeah. you guys. So come join the conversation over on the Slack channel because it is a lot of fun. I'm going to leave you guys with this as far as shout outs go. Ray brought up the question and several people weighed in. If you existed in the MCU, would you have wanted to survive the snap and dealt with the fallout? Or would you have rather snapped back years later and be out of sync with the Actually, you know what? Shout out to Chelsea because it's, would you have wanted to snap, been snapped away and blipped back? Or would, because the snap is when everyone leaves and the blip is when everyone comes back. Blip is when everyone comes back. It may not be canon. It may not be verified, but that makes a hell of a lot of sense to us. So that's what we're going with. Uh, and, and she, she described that in the, in the Slack channel. So yeah. Or, or would you rather have survived? Like you saying, Joe. 
Yeah, and I think right now everybody wanted to survive, and it's not for the reasons you think. That <laughs> That's so survive. true. That's so true. Most of them are not normal. Most of them are just like I don't want to. I think I feel like it's uh, the I don't want to be left out syndrome. <laughs> like it's really hard to find an apartment in Southern California. I <laughs> I don't want to have to come back and go apartment hunting. <laughs> and you, I don't think of the options you would have during the. Snap. Oh God. <laughs> I like this place. I think I will stay. Joe's a flag smasher. Uh, (laughs) I was right. See, I I thought I was right. They are trying to help the people who came back from the snap because they're going to all the refugee camps. Okay. Spoilers for next week's episode. (laughs) We'll get into it. Well, it's not. It's just a, it's a, it's a a fix of, of, of last episode. Oh, right, right. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. It is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geek2Dude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek network. Check out our other Geek2Geek shows, the Geek2Geek podcast, Tea Time with Kitty and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, uh, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, and Sometimes Rob, and our newest podcast, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, with the marvelous Kelly Hightower. Also, check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Bamashox, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord, where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude, or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? Uh, apparently on Slack. I, uh, <laughs> spending a lot of time <laughs> there i i'm on slack now for work reasons so it's just been very uh it's been a huge bonus that i can you know spend more time on on the geekitude uh channel on slack so i'm there i'm also on twitter and instagram and facebook at ray vargas 3 and if you want to look at my artwork you can always go to rayvargas3.com that's it for us this week. Make sure to join us next week when we talk about Falcon Winter Soldier Part 2, Episodes 3 and 4. And until next time, remember this week, keep it geek. Keep it geek.